Welcome, everybody, to Faith Christian Reformed Church. Welcome to this live stream. Welcome if you're joining in a little bit later. Um, it's good to have you join us for this hour of worship. We're in the season of Advent. These are the Sundays where we look forward to Jesus coming. Advent literally means coming. So we look forward to Christ coming at Christmas, uh, starting last week and continuing through this week. Um, that theme is coming through. Pastor Matthew is starting a three-part morning Advent message. The second sermons in the next weeks will also be that focus toward Christmas. Looking ahead for worship, we're planning on recording a Christmas candlelight service that we're going to be making available to everyone. And then also keep in mind that the council, Faith's Council, is meeting again tomorrow evening and going to make a decision one way or the other whether we'll continue in the mornings virtually or in person. So just keep that in mind and look out for that, okay? Speaking of looking out for that, if you are part of our church family or have been tuning into our messages these days and you're not on our email list, I'd encourage you to contact our office and, and put your email address, give your email address to them. Um, then you're going to get updates on worship, whether we're meeting virtually or not. You'll get links, direct links to uh, the messages and the services that we make available, as well as to the bulletin, okay? So if you're not getting emails from the Faith Church office and you're part of the, the church connecting with us, I'd encourage you to reach out to our office. It's office at faithelmhurst.org, and they'll add you to the list, okay? Right now, the Tazilar family is going to be doing our Advent candle reading and scripture reading. So this is uh, Jacob, Liam, and Alex Tazilar, okay? So watch and listen. Hi, we're the Tazilar family. Today is a day of peace. Even as we grieve through all the trouble in this world, we light a candle of peace. The Lord gives us his peace so that we can endure the challenges of the world. And, and Christ the Lord gives us comfort and through life and death. Today we are reading Isaiah 60 verse 1 through 4. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over the, is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried in the arm. Please pray with me. Jesus Christ, 
promise of peace for all people. We need your guidance. We hear your call, but we struggle to follow. We grab and grasp in the hope things will turn out okay. Forgive us. Open our eyes to your grace. Lead us into a new morning of peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. We're going to sing now together a song of Advent praise. O come, let us adore him. Three verses of O come, let us adore him. As we enter into worship now, please receive uh, God's greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to continue to sing, this time with an Advent prayer. An Advent prayer. Come thou long-expected Jesus. Jesus Christ uh, came to this earth at Christmas to save his people from their sin. 
so that all who would call on his name would become sons and daughters of our heavenly Father. Our Lord also shows us the road, the way of salvation, in a sense. Once we're saved, uh, we just sang about um, the kingdom coming. He shows us the way of the kingdom through the Ten Commandments. So we're going to be reminded of what it looks like to live a life that belongs to Jesus, that has been saved. And this is a life that uh, we can live more and more, though we, we struggle with sin yet, but when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, he helps us live more and more for Jesus, who, who came for us to give us his all. And this is how we can give him our all. I'll read the leader and then join me with people, okay? You shall have no other gods before me. Through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. You shall not make for yourself an idol. In Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. You shall not murder. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You shall not commit adultery. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You shall not steal. Those who have been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands, so that they may have something to share with those in need. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. You shall not covet your neighbor's house or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. When, when we gather to worship uh, and come together as brothers and sisters, as a local congregation, uh, we don't do that all by ourselves in isolation. 
There are brothers and sisters all around the world who confess and profess Jesus' name and who are seeking, as we are, to live for him and to hear his word of grace on this Lord's day. There are people who have come before and who have gone on to glory. And it's good for us to profess what we believe. We're going to use the words of the Apostles' Creed. And this is our statement of faith for, it has been for hundreds of years for the church, for the church worldwide. Let's say from the heart what we believe together as we gather this morning. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Would you join me in our, our morning prayer? Father in heaven, Father of your children, God of the ages, God of all time, you are coming in power to bring all nations and all peoples under the rule of your lordship through Jesus Christ. We know about and we believe in and we hope for the future advent of the kingdom because we know about, believe in, and find as the source of all hope your first advent in Bethlehem. As we experience advent, your coming this year, help us to be repentant and expectant people. Bend our thoughts and our aspirations and even our words beyond the moment beyond what we can see in front of us and right around us at any given time. Although we want to do our daily tasks well and, and to your glory right now, and we want to discern how to be faithful in our day in these times, help us to be people who also look ahead and who know that the ultimate things in this universe are the things that have been secured for us through Jesus and that are real already now in his kingdom. In Advent, we sing about having open hearts for you to enter in. May, may we, by the grace of your Spirit, be open indeed, Heavenly Father. Make us open to the ways your kingdom can influence our decision-making at work, at school, at home. Make us open toward others, open to opportunities to serve others out of devotion to you and to your Son, who showed us what true service is when, when he came down into a virgin's womb to save us. Oh Lord, we make petition tonight and today for your needy world. This Advent season sees once again a world in tur turmoil and in conflict. 
sick with the virus of sin and death as well as sick with a literal virus. Beyond the glitter, goodwill, lights of the Christmas season, Father, help us as Christians to find in Jesus' birth long ago a true and profound and real reason for hope today. And then lead us to be workers for, for peace and agents of healing in this world that seems to have gone crazy, sharing the hope that you bring with the world. Here in this place, you see the needs and the hurts of our, our church members and, and loved ones these days. We pray for those who are alone, those who are sick, those who are in pain, in grief, just beside themselves, racked with worry. We pray for a, a good report as we, we think of those in need in our church family. We pray for a good report for Dorothy Allen as the doctors do a biopsy to determine if the cancer was completely removed. Bless Cindy Voss in recovery for a surgery this past week and Linda Decker as well. Restore them to health, we pray. We again, uh, again continue to, to pray for Jason Turner with just a couple of weeks left of his military chaplaincy training. We look forward with him and Heather and the girls to the whole family being reunited by Christmas after these four months apart. This morning, we think of students in school, at home, in different circumstances who are concluding a semester. Help them to do their work they have there as unto you. Bless them and our schools and teachers in these times. Oh Lord, our needs are, are countless. We can't list them all. Some we can't even identify for ourselves, uh, frail and weak and blind that we are. But we know that you see us as we are, Lord God. And, and so we beg for you to nurture us according to our needs, minister to us according to all our hurts, heal us in all those places where you see and know that we are broken or sick and need healing. In whatever's going on in the present moment in our various hearts and minds and in our church, we do adore you. We've come to adore you, God of wonder, God of glory. We worship you. We lay our hearts open before you. Be born in us anew today so that every day we may spread your peace. And, and we conclude this prayer with the prayer our Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to sing a couple of songs of Advent, of Christmas praise. Uh, in just a moment, the worship team's going to be getting in place, and then we'll sing.
Before we sing uh, the next, the second song that we're going to sing here together, I want to read some verses from Isaiah 9. Let's listen. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
As we prepare to hear the word of the Lord, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, in this season of Advent and waiting, we come again to your word. Father, this has been a hard year and this is, this is a hard season, especially as we look toward Christmas. In so many ways, this is, always, this is always a sign of our lives that we are looking forward to your coming. And in the meanwhile, we, we struggle as we walk through this world. Father, we pray that today you meet us in our struggle. Meet us with your word to lead and guide us. Meet us with your spirit to empower and encourage us through your word. Help us to listen, to hear, and to be led by you. Amen. So we're in Advent, this season of waiting and expectation before Christmas, and I'm beginning a sermon series I'm calling Faith Family Stories that will take us up to Christmas and then a little bit beyond that too. And this, uh, this series integrates with the Advent and Christmas daily scripture reading that we've been putting out in video form, so check those out as we go through this to, to be part of these stories. Often as we look toward Christmas, we focus on the early parts of the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel of Luke gives us a lot more details than the other Gospels about Jesus' birth and early life. But we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Matthew this year. And Matthew gives a little bit less detail than Luke, but he gives us a fair amount of information that that puts Jesus at the center of the whole story of the Bible. So we'll be working through the first couple chapters of the Gospel of Matthew and hearing hearing ways that the Old Testament, that other parts of Scripture, point us toward Jesus together. And we're, we're digging into these stories because, well, because they're God's story for us and also because they're our family stories. These are the stories of people who have gone before us in the faith, who have walked through hard times and who the Lord has brought through. So let's hear a couple faith family stories this morning. We're going to read first from Matthew chapter 1, and then we'll read from Genesis also. So first, first Matthew chapter 1, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose whose mother had been Uriah's wife. As we read through that genealogy, it can sound just like a list of names, but there's stories to go with all of those names, and we're going now to read one of those stories about Abraham. So this is Genesis 17. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you will no longer call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? 
And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. This is God's word for us today. We're going to start out by talking about the laugh, the laugh in this story. We spent a number of years as missionaries in Nigeria, and we were in a really, really remote area. I was teaching at a Bible school. We were a couple hours away from, we called it a city, but it was really just kind of a big town. And the road there was absolutely terrible. There were potholes this far across and this deep. There were bridges that you would go over and sort of jump from bit to bit to bit as the road bounced up and down. There were bridges that, that you always wondered, is this the last time this bridge is going to hold us? Is it going to fall down today? And we got to the end of one school year, our first school year there, and we were going we to go to the city for a while. We were actually going to fly and go and visit my parents where they lived in the Middle East at that point in Abu Dhabi where they had running water and restaurants and electricity and all these luxuries, and we were so excited about it. We were getting ready the day before we were going to leave. We had the truck all ready to go. We were starting to pack up. And one of our helpers came by to trim the grass, and he did it with a machete and just would reach down and chop the grass off to get rid of, well, keep snakes away and things like that. And we heard him outside going, chop, chop, and then we heard, bing, crack! And there was this horrible pause, and then he came to our front door and said, come come look. And I went out to look, and he'd hit a rock. And it shattered the driver's window of our truck. And so I had to think through, what are we going to do? We had to clean out the truck, of course, because there were all bits of glass in it. But then then do we drive the eight hours we had to drive on, on poor roads and highways with possible rain with a broken window? And the police there, if they got anything wrong with your vehicle, a broken taillight, anything, could really give you a hassle and you could spend hours by the side of the road arguing or or having to pay bribes, or what have you. But I did not want to drive the two hours to that town, to Contagora, to to try to maybe find someone who could replace our window. So we went back and forth and back and forth, and, and finally we decided that I'd have to go. So I collected someone to help me find a mechanic who might have the right parts, and we got in the truck, and we drove, and we drove, and we drove, and And we're bashing our way down the road and falling into potholes and going over bridges that you always wonder, boy, are we going to be able to land this next bit? Because the road went up and down and up and down. And and we drove and we drove and we bashed and bashed and smashed our way through. And and finally, we got to Contagora and we drove around town. And finally, we found someone who had a replacement part. So he took the door apart, put the window in, put it back up. And then it was getting toward night, and you always got a little worried as night came that there were going to be bandits on the road. So we had to get home as fast as we could on this terrible road. So we bashed and we smashed as fast as we could over the bridges and back and through the road and through the potholes, and on we go and on we go. And, and finally we get back home. And we get a little bit of sleep, 
And then the next day we get up and I pack the truck and that's always a production. We have to tie it up so things don't rain on it and whatever. And, and then one of the other teachers comes over and says, can you take my wife and child along with you to Contagora? Okay, we repack the truck, we fit them in the front seat and we, we bash and we smash our way down the road, over the bridges, through the woods and then on we go and on we go and, and we get about an hour and 45 minutes down the worst road I've ever driven in my life for the second time in these two days. And Laura says, did you bring the yellow fever cards? And I pull over by the side of the road, and I think, and I think. Because you see, there to travel internationally, or really to be, to be in good shape within the country, you needed to have your passport, but you also needed to have a yellow fever card that showed you had gotten a yellow fever immunization and some other immunizations. And if you didn't have that, then you could really get into some trouble with traveling. And we were, we were going to travel internationally and have this wonderful vacation and rest and recharge. And, and I thought, I think the yellow fever cards are in the file. But I pulled out our passports, looked through everything, no cards. And now we have arrived at one of the worst moments of my life because I have spent almost six hours on this horrible road. I am done. I want to go on vacation. I want to get a break. And we have six hours ahead of us to get to where we need to go. But we aren't going to be able to get there without those yellow fever cards. And so I just turned off the truck and I just sat there and stared at the steering wheel and and nobody, nobody in that truck dared to say a word at that moment. Nobody. And then I laughed. And it was not a happy laugh. It was, it was a terrifying laugh, I think, from what, from what the other people looked like. Well, that's, that's where Abraham is here in Genesis 17. He is in... A terrible, terrible place. And to some extent, that's where Matthew 1 starts us with, with this list of names, of family stories of the faith. And, and there's all these wonderful stories that we can dig into, but, but there are all of them, and they go on and on and on. And Matthew intends to introduce us to the Messiah, but, but before that, he has this huge list of people who waited and waited and waited. And Abraham is, well, is the beginning of that story in Matthew. And if we think of Abraham's story, back in Genesis 12, the Lord had come to Abraham and called him, called him out of his land, away from his people, and called him to go. And he'd promised that, that he would provide a great name for Abraham, and, and he would provide a child, and there would be a nation that would come out of this child, and there would be this land, and they would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And then in chapters after that, the Lord keeps making promises and, and leading Abraham on. And, and now here in Genesis 17, he comes and he says, change your, change your wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. And those mean very close to the same thing, but, but people think maybe Sarah was a little more focused on descendants versus Sarai that might have been more focused on, on ancestors, on looking backwards in the family. And then the Lord says, I'll bless you and I'll give you a son and, and your wife will be a mother of nations and, and on and on and on and and more promises, but nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. Abraham was 75 years old when the Lord first called him in Genesis chapter 12, and now he's 99, almost 100. He has been wandering and waiting for 24 years, and nothing has happened. 
No promised son, no promised land, nada. And Abraham can't take it anymore. So, so as the Lord is giving these promises, Abraham falls down and laughs. And it's not a happy laugh. It's a bitter, bitter guffaw or, or a sarcastic snort. And he says to himself, is a hundred-year-old guy really going to have a kid? Is my 90-year-old wife really going to have a baby? Really, God? That's what we're doing here? And life and our lives, too, are full of this. Some of us have spent long seasons of life or are still in a season of life where, where we're waiting for children, where we're waiting for a child, and, and the months and the years go by and God doesn't provide. Some of us are, a season in, are in a season of life where we're looking for the next thing, where, where we need something more than what we're getting and it ain't happening. Some of us are in a season of, of real emotional, mental, spiritual trouble and, and we look at our lives and we think, God, is this how it's going to be? And it seems like the answer is, yeah, that's how it's going to be forever. We wait and we wait and we wait. And then just for a change, we wait some more. And 2020 has been 2020. And I don't, I don't need to go through all the details. All of you have been through it. But man, what a year. What a year. We're all tired. Thanksgiving wasn't normal. Christmas isn't going to be normal either. And it hurts. And we hurt. And like with Abraham, sometimes in this Advent, we might hear God's promises and go, yeah, that, that's funny. That's funny. But it's not funny. And our waiting takes on a cynical edge. And we say, really? God's at work? Really? Now, I think Abraham and Sarah had faith beyond what we can comprehend in the end, but even even they struggled to trust, and even for them, the waiting got to be too much sometimes, and so cynicism crept in. And so Abraham didn't just laugh. He, he heard this promise of a son here, and then Abraham interrupts with his own scheme, and he comes up with, with this great idea. The Lord here is giving Abraham some great promises, and Abraham laughs, and then he says, wait, 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 wait. The Lord is promising to pour out blessings on Abraham, and Abraham, well, first he interrupts with cynical, rude laughter, and, and then he proposes his own scheme. Now, God, I know you promised me and Sarah a son, but you haven't come through yet, and so we've taken matters into our own hands, and Sarah had this maidservant, Hagar, and, and well, we did some shady stuff, but now we've got this boy, Ishmael, and Ishmael, he's, he's my son, he's not Sarah's son, but he's my son, so, so what if you just work with him? It's a great substitute plan, right? We, we worked it out, God. Just, just go with the scheme here. Let's run with Ishmael. He'll, he'll get it done. God is in the act of reaffirming his blessing to Abraham. And, and Abraham interrupts him with cynical laughter and a half-baked scheme. Not Isaac, God. Not, no, we've waited too long. Not Isaac. How about Ishmael? And if we were in God's place, and it's a good thing we're not, but if we were in God's place, we might think it was about time for, for some righteous smiting. I am giving you this blessing, and you interrupt with that? Get your head on straight, Abraham, my man. 
But of course, it's always easier for us to look at other people and think how foolish they're being. But, but how about us? How are we laughing at God's plans? And how are we scheming our own schemes? And we sat there on that road to Contagora, and, and nobody dared to speak. And then I, I started coming up with crazy ideas. Do you, think, do you think no one will notice if we don't have our yellow fever cards? Do, do you think maybe we could get other copies and just fill them out? We won't have the official stamp, but, but do you think we could do that? And I even called a couple other people who traveled recently and said, hey, did they really check your yellow fever cards? I mean, I know they always do, but did they this time? Are they this year? And then I even had the thought, maybe we could, like, buy some. And I'd seen that happen before, and it was always a little disturbing that if someone showed up without one and a certain amount of money crossed the table, all of a sudden a yellow fever card, a new one, freshly filled out, would come back across. I thought, well, could that be worth a thought? That would be wrong, but it, it would be maybe less wrong than going back on this road. The number of half-baked schemes that you can come up with sitting by the side of an African road is really quite tremendous. But, but the number of half-baked schemes we can come up with within America these days is pretty tremendous too. God, I, I know you promised that, but how about Ishmael? How about Ishmael? Come on, God, let's give this one a try. I know you think you've got this under control, but I've been waiting too long, and so let's go with my plan. Let's do it my way. Now let's, let's take this down to a human level for a moment, and then, then I want to come back to thinking a little bit more about our relationship with God and us. But, but I want to invite you all to do an exercise that is tremendously hard. It's called polarity mapping. And, and what it is is you, you put yourself in a situation mentally where you really, really disagree with somebody, and then you make yourself see things from their position. You make yourself really think through what kind of arguments would they have, what kind of reasons would they have for what they think. You can, you can certainly go to the response to the pandemic these days if you want to, but there's any number of other ways that you could, you could work this out and think about these polarities where you're on one side and other people are on the other. You're too afraid. You're too uncaring. You're too cautious. You're too foolish. You can, you can go on and on, but... But I want you to do the hard work of, of maybe actually trying to think through what, what about those people who disagree with you? Where are they coming from? What's, what's going on with them? And as we try to do that, our own voice always keeps shoving in. We always want to say, well, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, yeah, no, 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 no. But I, I want you to grit your teeth and really actually think about what life looks like from someone else's perspective. And that's hard to do horizontally with other people. It's even harder for us to do vertically with God. We can kind of get our heads around how other people think things through. But God is so much greater than we are and and so much more powerful, and so much more loving, and so much more righteous, and so much more holy that, that we really can't get our heads around His plan. 
And think of how foolish all of us look when we go to God like Abraham does and say, hey, how about my Ishmael? Could we go with my plan? How about this scheme? How foolish we all look. And let me ask you to do a little bit of that polarity mapping and and look again towards God's ways and and reflect on how how all of us are bringing our Ishmaels to God and saying, let's go with this. This is a good scheme. Instead of trusting and waiting for the Lord to provide the promised son. This is hard. Advent, this Advent especially, but Advent, seasons of waiting are really challenging. We'd much rather have the answers now and we'd much rather have things go our way And yet every year we come to this season and we remind ourselves that we are waiting for the Lord to provide. We are waiting for the Lord to work out His plan. But how, and this requires real heart work and real real repentance, how have we been trying to accomplish God's plans in our own ways? And how have we been trying to accomplish what might even be God's plans but in our own ways. And if we really wrestle with that, if we really get to grips with it, then it's miserable. It's hard. It's a challenge. It's easier to laugh and to scheme than it is to submit and to accept. And the Lord knows this. It does not surprise Him when we come up with our own schemes, and yet He still loves and cares for us. There are There are two words in Genesis 17 that really frame the whole chapter. And one of those words is covenant, this relationship that the Lord makes with Abraham and with all his people. And the other word is gift. Genesis 17 is really about the gift. And that gift, well, that gift is the promised son. That gift is Jesus Christ who the Lord provides to to make things right, and to make his relationship with us work. Let's review just a moment. The Lord is speaking to Abraham here in Genesis 17, and he's giving these wonderful promises, and Abraham interrupts with with cynicism, with a sarcastic laugh, and with a half-baked scheme, with a counter-proposal. And what does God do? Does he smack some sense into Abraham? Does Does he tell him to get with the program? No, not so much. The Lord counters with an even better plan. He says, yes, yes, I know about Ishmael. I I know what you've gotten up to. I know about all that. And I'm going to bless Ishmael beyond what you're asking for, beyond what you're expecting, beyond what anybody deserves. Ishmael, that's going to be great. But but I'm going to establish my covenant with Isaac, your son who is coming. And that covenant through Isaac is going to bless you and bless the whole world. This chapter is about the overflowing, abundant, beyond what we could expect or plan for grace of God. Now let's talk about names for a moment here. Ishmael, and if you read through those sections again, you'll see how the the text plays with this. But Ishmael is basically the Hebrew word for, I've heard you. I hear you, is what God is saying here. Yes, yes, about Ishmael, I've heard you, and I will provide. But then Isaac, Isaac means 
he laughs. He laughs. And in one way, Isaac, he laughs, or laughter, is about Abraham's sarcastic laugh here in Genesis 17. And, and just a little bit later, we come to a story where, where Sarah has a similar laugh, a, a sarcastic, cynical, yeah, that's not going to happen, God. And so there's one way where, where God tells them to name their son Isaac to remind them of their faithlessness and how God still provided. Every time they called for Isaac, enjoy her in correction. Isaac! They were reminding themselves to trust in the Lord. But there's some commentators that argue that, that Isaac's name maybe isn't just about Abraham and Sarah's laughter, but it's also about God's laughter. And not God's sarcastic, cynical laughter, but God's, God's joy, God's laughter in providing this son for his people. Isaac, the Lord laughs because he provides a gift that goes beyond what we would ever have asked for. God has a great surprise coming for Abraham and for all of his people. And so he laughs with joy. And that's the good news that we look forward to this Advent. And that's the good news of Christmas. And that's where the Old Testament prophets pointed to. That's where the star led. That's where Joseph and Mary journeyed to as they went on that long, long journey to Bethlehem. It was a long and miserable journey, we expect, but, but one that had hope and peace at the end. The Lord takes His time, but He provides. And in early Genesis, the Lord provides Isaac, this son of laughter and joy, this son through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And then Matthew 1 begins by telling us that this is the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And Matthew shapes his whole gospel to tell us that this, this baby born in Bethlehem, this promised son is the one who has been promised all the way since Abraham and who is brought in the grace and the love of God. The genealogy here is a list of names, but it's also a proclamation generation after generation all the way to our own generations that the Lord is faithful and He provides. The Lord laughs at the sheer joy of providing a promised son for us. The Lord provides. And so even every Advent as we look toward Christmas, we, we celebrate because the Lord provides. So on that Contagora Road, we, we finally settled that we'd have, to, we'd have to go back. And so I prayed a prayer for endurance and help, and then we turned and we bashed and we smashed back through every single pothole, across all the bridges, over the hill to home, and we unlocked the gate and we unlocked the door and I went back inside and I dug through the files and I pulled out the yellow fever cards and I grabbed a whole pile of other paperwork too just because I was not coming back again. And I went out to the truck and, and then we, we started on the journey again. And we drove back across the hill, across all the bridges, through all the potholes, And we drove and we drove and we drove. And finally we got past Contagora and, 
and the road was a bit smoother. We finally could get the truck into fifth gear, and we finally could turn our eyes toward our destination and toward all, all the reunions and all the celebrations that were coming. The journey was still long and hard. We still had hours and hours to go, but, but we had what we needed now. We had what we needed to get there. In Jesus Christ, the Lord has provided what we need for our journey. We are still here in 2020. It is not over yet. There is still a rough road ahead. And, and we're in Advent, and we are in this time between Christ's two comings when, when His kingdom is here, but it's not yet here. And so we always know that we will have to live on the road, and there will be bumps, and there will be troubles, and, and we will have to bash and smash our way through. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ is with us. In that baby born in Bethlehem, we have the gift of the Lord for us. And so let's not grow angry or bitter or cynical as we wait. And let's not adopt our own half-baked and maybe even half-hearted schemes to make things right. But let's instead look toward the promised Son. Don't grow angry don't grow bitter. Don't grow weary. Let's wait together this Advent. And we wait in hope, in peace, in joy, in love, because the Lord does provide His promised Son. Let's pray. Father, we know that in the week ahead we will have many of the same struggles as we had last week. We know that you do not always answer our prayers exactly in the way or in the time that we would like. Father, we, we know that as Christians we embrace the discipline of waiting on you. And yet, Father, we are grateful for the hope that you give us. We give you thanks for, for the promise that we have that, that we are yours, that we are your children, that we belong in your family. And, Father, we are grateful in this season and always for the gift of Jesus Christ, for your Son who was promised and who came and who lived and died and rose again to give us life and to bring us to you. Father, in these challenging days, on this hard, hard road, we pray that you give us your presence. Help us always more and more to look to Jesus and through your Spirit to be drawn to you. Father, give us comfort, give us peace, give us joy in this season of waiting and expectation. Amen. Please join in singing now. We're going to sing, I Waited Patiently for God. This isn't a very familiar song, but it's sung to the tune of Amazing Grace. So the tune is very familiar, but the words focus us more on this season. Let's together praise the Lord.
and now receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you His peace. Amen.